0: to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast. Uh, you know what? I actually don't know how to do the intro. So this is Jimmy Fowler, <laughs> Executive Pastor at Redeemer Fellowship, and with me, continuing on our Presby week, we've got Nick Batzig. Hello, Nick.
1: Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for having me on, buddy.
0: Man, I'm so glad. We've had a great week. We've had some good interviews. We've had some great conversations, and yet we're still not done.
1: Yep, this is going to be the Baptisterian. The Baptisterian. So, <laughs> well, this is hey, this is my glory day in the hot sun, buddy.
0: Yeah, yeah. So now we're recording on Saturday. Now, Nick, this morning, you were at press. What do you, you call it? What, what is this thing called? It's, it's called presbytery. What is that? What is that? Help, help our people understand what that is and why is it that you have these overlords uh, telling you what to do.
1: It, it, it's <laughs> a lot like it's a lot like watching C-SPAN. When you're present, <laughs> and and you can just sort of feel the kingdom advancing.
0: Oh, C- every... so hold on, C-SPAN. You you watch C-SPAN and think to oh, yourself, yeah. the kingdom is advancing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so when a bunch of presbyters get together, a bunch of teaching elders and the PCA get together, we'll spend like thirty minutes debating whether we should form a committee to review presbytery records, and you just want to set your hair on fire. <laughs> uh... I was like, that's 30 minutes. I'm never getting back.
0: (laughs) Now, did did you guys vote on that today? Or did you table it for the next meeting? We didn't vote on
1: it, but we literally debated it for about (laughs) 20 minutes. So
0: you tabled it for the next meeting?
1: Uh, Probably, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Well, I'm really excited because I'm going to be outnumbered today because I've got, and we have here for you on Dr. Devotion, we got back Doug Logan. What's up, Doug? Hey, man, good to be here, bro. Thanks for having me. Man, it's been too long, way too long since you've been on the podcast. Yeah, y'all mistreat me. Well, What do you mean? How do we mistreat you? <laughs> how do we mistreat <laughs> you? What are you talking about? <laughs> Doug, I made you. I don't mistreat you. Oh on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I
2: plead temporary insanity. You don't, you don't. Man, nah. Man, listen, Doctor Devotion, treat me like a king, man. I love you guys. Conference, killing it, man. Um, man, just love y'all, man. You know, I was about had a very rough time um, with my health there one time, and you and Joe just showed up, loved on me, and then tried to
0: record me about to die, you <laughs> yeah. jokers. Well, no, I felt like I need to I need to keep this for posterity and in case I get sued. <laughs> I was like, I need everybody <laughs> to understand, I did everything I could for this, for this black man. I did everything I could to make sure he did not die in my hands. <laughs> oh Lord, but no man, glad to be here, brother. Oh, I'm so glad to have you guys. And so, you know, you guys being Presbyterian, the more sophisticated gentlemen uh, that as, as Reformed Baptists we look up to, as I was talking with Nick, Nick had this idea for uh, a topic. And of course, it's elaborate, <laughs> of course. It's wordy, and of course, it's unnecessarily confusing. Here it is, <laughs> <clears throat> and I'm going to say it exactly the way Nick presented it to me. Oh, uh,
1: please don't, please don't, <laughs> Jimmy,
0: Jimmy. Let's do the met- methodologies which critiquing contemporaneous concerns. Ha ha
1: ha ha. Did did I do that? The little laugh? Yeah, at you did <laughs> like that. That was weird.
0: No, that was it. You
1: you. Were, no, I don't think that was there. No, dude. that I was. I think there. you totally made that up.
0: Nah, nah, no, nah, no, nah, no, Nick. <laughs> now no, you're just making it.
1: stuff up, dude. All
0: right, so Nick, for Steve McCoy that's listening right now, can you explain what that topic actually means? Methodologies when critiquing contemporaneous concerns. What do you? What are we getting to today?
1: Right. So when we were talking about what we could do for this show with Doug, I thought it'd be great. Get Doug to weigh in on this, get you to weigh in on how do we deal with issues that we're facing that are those recurrent issues, so, you know, matters of intersectionality, so race, Mm -hmm. gender, sexuality, how they keep resurfacing. How are Christians supposed to respond to the sort of deluge that they're just getting flooded with on social media, on blogs, everywhere? What methodology are we to use, and and really it boils down to: is our sociology going to guide our theology, or is our, our theology going to inform our sociology? Mm-hmm. So, so in all of those issues, whatever we end up, you know, taking a stand on, however we end up approaching that, what methodology are we using? And and I'd mentioned to you that I thought Jason Holopoulos had put out this great tweet this week and it's very basic he said when and for your listeners that don't know jason is the pastor at university reform church in east lansing michigan he he another another white yeah 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 yeah. and and he said he said he said when sociology trumps theology the church always loses Mm. and so i wanted us to just talk about You know, the relationship between our sociological conclusions about whatever we're talking about and how that interacts and intersects with our theology and our our appeal to scripture. So,
0: no, I love it. I love it. I uh, Let's uh, why don't we get into it? And and you mentioned a few topics there. Right. You talked about uh, maybe you mentioned gender. um, uh, You talked about homosexuality. You mentioned race. Which one of those you want to jump into first?
2: I mean, we could start
1: with the gender one. It's, yeah. it's, you know, and, and all these things, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but just about every week and a half on social media, these three, these three different groups, they kind of recycle. So it's like, okay, which, this which, which week, sorry,
0: which three groups? Sorry.
1: So race, gender, sexual. Oh, gotcha.
0: Okay. Okay. And right. for the last,
1: for the last, I don't know, three, four, five years, every couple weeks, whatever's trending on Christian Twitter it's just it's just going to the next thing. So we might be on gender and then a week and a half later, everybody's all jacked up about sexuality issues. Gotcha. And it just kind of recycles. So so with with gender, the thing I was thinking about, and Doug, you and I have talked about this in the past, you know mm-hmm. we live at a, we live at a time when when whether real or just perceived um, misogyny, has occurred with regard to women's roles in the church, there's sort of a backlash from the culture and the broader church community that says, you know, the only way to remedy this is we need women at every level of leadership in the church. We need, they, they should be pastors and elders. And, you know, because they've been oppressed and because they've been, you know, they've been sidelined. And, and so how are we to respond to that without, Just sort of going with whatever our tradition has been, but without allowing sort of the culture to determine the outcome based on whatever observations it's making. Does that make sense?
2: Makes no, makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Doctor Doctor Tony Evans talked about. I'll jump in real quick if that's okay, Nick. Please, unless you wanted to.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm asking you. We want to hear you.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Doctor Tony Evans talks about. um, you know, we don't answer societal challenges, issues, and sins with sociology, but you know, we're regular old we're we're regular Christians, men of the word, so everything jumps off of the word of God, period. Foundationally mm-hmm. reality. I'm just a Vantilian presuppositionalist. All theology starts with God. All everything starts with God and, and then Amen. operate from that. We we we, we take the word, we work that through. One thing we have to do is we have to do, what I don't think we've done is we've, we haven't done a better examination of our arguments, which sometimes have been not studied, but traditionally owned. So what's name said it, so we say it. I think we have to continue to think through what it looks like to process out ideas. And even if we're talking about gender, yes, we cannot answer gender questions in the church with sociological answers because the Bible determines what happens in society. That's like social justice. Um, Social justice is just the justice of God lived out in society. That's all. And so we're always trying, what I like to say is we all I'm always as a pastor trying to get the book to the block. I'm not trying to get the block into the book. I'm trying to get the book to the block because the books, the the Bible, the book sets the temperature. And so when it comes to that, just our methodology then has to be governed by the word of God. Second, um, I think the pushback we're getting from a cultural perspective is, one, we're answering too many Twitter questions. I, I don't pastor Twitter. Um, right, mm. Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg and them are the pastor that. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I, I pastor a different group. Second, um, I, I maybe our tone and tenor has not been Christian when it comes right. to these topics. Sometimes, sometimes we've been mean. Now that doesn't justify. We ain't changing the book. We ain't changing the word. We're standing where we're standing. But on top of methodology is our posture. And so, right. yes. Yeah, so it's it's both and, and and you know, I mean, I could go deeper, but the depth of it is, we are we are we are men of the book. We're Bible boys. We we believe that the gospel changes everything, and so we measure, shape everything is calibrated against the Word of God, and and um, I am not governed nor controlled by voices of ghosts. I'm. Mm. I'm governed and controlled by the Word of God, and if I'm in a healthy situation, and then I've got some elders that are governed by the Word of God, and I probably got some advisors and some coaches that are governed by the Word of God, and I operate hopefully in that circle to make any decision, whether it's gender or gluttony, I'm jumping out of that Bible, and um, my I'll do a I'll do an unpopular popular quote, um, my facts.
0: <laughs> don't mm-hmm. care
2: about your feelings.
0: Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, right.
2: yeah, and so in that, but we say that. I say that as a pastor, not as a bully. I say that to say I love you so much. This is what the word says, and I'm willing to stand here, even if you don't like it. And I right. think what what's happening is there's a level of silence to avoid canceling that's happening before we even get the message of how to go right. about it. Yeah. And so we've just got to we just got to, man, stand flat footed on the word of God, love our people, train our people, lead our people, challenge them. And the bottom line is, I'll say this and land the plane. Some people ain't going to like it and leave. Hmm. Amen. We we love them all the way out the door.
1: Right. Right. You know, that's that's great, Doug. That's super helpful. I also wonder with let, let's just take the complementarian debate we've seen over the last, I don't know, seven, eight years. And one thing that I've noticed is that a lot of the debates we're seeing happening on any of these issues are happening in the minutiae of personal applications of broad principles. So you have, on the one hand, extreme, extreme voices, uh, really – what, what we would call broad complementarianism where, you know, only men can do anything in society, in the church, in the home. And, and so then, then much the more of the, the Piper view. Yeah. More of the Piper view. <laughs> and even, even harder than that where guys then start <laughs> taking on the other side because they do have the biblical principle on their side of God has called men to be leaders in the home and in the church and, and, That they then, but then they don't argue from just the broad principles that Scripture gives us. They want to go in and make their specific applications of them. The point by which they argue with people that disagree. Does that make sense?
2: That that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, when let's just be clear, man. I mean, a lot of legislation in churches is through legalism. Right. It just it just is in difficult moments. And challenging points. If we make it a policy, we can avoid pastoring it.
0: So wait, are you wait? Are you saying like having a you know stating your position and being clear on the position? So I mean, mm -hmm. let's take that you know uh, the the complementarianism, right? Being able to sit down and and lay out and say, "Hey, as as a church, we do believe that the role of elder uh, is only for qualified men." as we look to scripture that's what we see so i mean making that a policy i don't know if that necessarily just means we make it a policy to avoid conversation though am no I, am no I not right? that being a po- no no what what nick was saying was
2: specific more,
1: applications they, beyond that yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah. so they go beyond that so they don't have to deal with the conversation after that statement so that gotcha. statement is 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 raw so after that we refer to the policy no 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 i'm you gotta shepherd some people through some stuff and explain it. You can't just create something to avoid the conversation about it. Mm-hmm. I think what Nick was saying: we have a stated view of complementarianism, which is far more broad than just male pastors. It's it's bigger than that. However, it's not less than that in in terms of male elders. Um, however, so how does that work itself out into conferences? How does that work itself out into serving in the church? How does that work itself out? And then if I go to application and remove everything and say, that's it, we're not talking about it. Well, then I think that's what, I think that's what you're saying, Nick. And then we move yeah. to application that becomes this rigorous, this this rigid, this is what I said, and this means all
0: these things. And that's when I think you are just, you were meaning there then by, uh, there's a lot of legislation that's done uh, through legalism. Yeah. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. This,
1: yeah, so in the home, what I had in mind is, you know, and and there are these cher- churches and there are pastors that think, I, I just heard this, I mean, I thought it was crazy, but they, because they have such a strong commitment to biblical manhood, womanhood as defined by the Bible, this one pastor, he was teaching that girls in Christian homes should not get an education past 16. Wow! I'm like, you're just making this stuff up. At that yeah, point.
2: It's, it's re- yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Jimmy. More of yeah, 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 that yeah. weird, that weird spooky dookie stuff that they don't want to get challenged on. Yeah. because they're they're right. over. They 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 become experts through their legalism. And but I'm a Christian and a brother, and you're a pastor, so shepherding, talking, walking through is so important. Mm. But but if I post it on Twitter, I can just delete you. I don't got to talk to you and. And if I legislate, and often those guys have like six members, yeah, at yeah, the because yeah. yeah, yeah, they're yeah. mean Because often there's something else connected to that sort of standoff, or somewhat mean super controlling stuff, it's something more to it, mm. and so um, I like to yeah, and so i I've never met a pastor that you know would talk about it, listen to it, i mean, like, and I've disagreed strongly with some people on some stuff. But when I've listened to people talking through and thinking, I hear what they've prayed through and processed through, and I probably still disagree on some of those, but I say, okay. then other dudes just say, well, what's the name said? Well, what's the name said? That's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, okay. Well, what do you say? What do you say? You know? And so then they just, they adopt a position without processing, praying, pastoring, reading, Diving in and really trying to see what God is saying in his word so that we might rightly apply it, not just join a join the complementarian crew with a tattoo and a hat.
0: Yeah, yeah, just just parroting, you know, parroting what they've heard or what they read. And a lot of those times they just read. It's just little snippets, like you said, online, whether it's on Twitter or they read just the the headings or subheadings for, you know, articles over on, on TGC or whatnot. Right.
2: Absolutely, because I've had to have conversations with women in my church, women in the um, greater sphere. Um, Like I'm the president of Grimpe Seminary, and we have a we have a model of much like Spurgeon's model of pastors' college. So, of course, um, I, as a complementarian, as a male eldership, male male eldership, um, position, biblical position is. My school takes male elders, we take elders, uh, men that are in, that not just men, it's not just men, but pastors, right? Yeah, yep. Spur- Spurgeon didn't just take dudes. It wasn't your maleness that got you in, mm. it was your calling and yep. your pastoral yep. calling that got you in. Yes. And so that right. moves me into a sphere where now I don't call, now women don't come to the pastor's college because I believe only males can be. But not only that, in order to come to Grimke, you have to be recommended by a body of elders that amen you and believe that there's calling and character in your life. Therefore, so I got I got pushback when women said, Well, um my tradition believes in um, women pastors. And I said, well that's not our tradition. And that's not what we do. Mm. And love you. Praise God for you. And um and then the second program we're putting together now it's for non-pastors, which is not for women. It's for non-pastors mm. that serve in the church that are also recommended by leadership of their church. So that's, I stole that from Spurgeon, and that's what I'm at. So that's, that brings out my complementarian view comprehensively, as opposed to just an argument for maleness. I'm arguing right. from an ecclesiological perspective, and we talk about methodology that has to be included. I'm not arguing just for maleness, but I'm arguing a biblical position of leadership and of right. of, of eldership particularly.
0: Yeah, you I mean you're talking about doing theology. Like living right. out theology, right. right? You know,
2: I I've read a
1: I read a article for rough rough Ref, Oh, here 41. we go.
0: Promote your material.
1: <laughs> hey hey man. Hey, this is, I told you, this let's is my... Let's go,
0: go ahead, let's you, get it out of the way. I, hey, hey, I told Just you this is my glory in the hot sun. Listen, this
1: is my time now to Now a word uh-huh. from our sponsor.
0: Now a word from our sponsor that didn't pay, go ahead.
1: <laughs> um, no, wait, listen. <laughs> um, the the to, to Doug's point, the, the title of the article was when when gender is everything when we make gender everything mm. the point is not it's the bible doesn't say if you're a man you can do all this if you're a woman you can it it says right. god has gifted certain certain individuals who are men to be elders in his church and if they're not called and qualified and gifted then it, it's not about any man can be an officer yeah so i think that's an important point
0: yeah no no no, no. I'm in a complete agreement. Now
1: to read my article.
0: You got you. Reformation twenty one, y'all. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> and notice the privilege that I gave, you know, to my our other fellow guest when he mentioned the seminary. <laughs> Yeah, oh Lord, yeah, hold on! Yeah, yes, oh, yeah, yes. that was
1: more sneaky, sneaky, wasn't it? He got it
0: in there quick. Huh? Hey, look, that's black privilege for the first time. <laughs> oh. well, well, here's the thing: <laughs> we got another topic coming up here, another another you know example of what we're talking about. But before I before we get there, because I think it's important to really, I, I want to uh, elaborate, or I want uh, to hear more about what Doug Doug you mentioned earlier about silence right? Uh, silence of the individuals. And so they, they kind of go through and they, uh, from what I was understanding you were saying, um, sometimes they, they refuse to engage the conversation when they're getting pushback. But then I think others are afraid to engage in the conversation because they're afraid to be canceled. Yes. So I guess I want to talk about the unhealthiness of both of those Postures, because if we're here for the edification of the body, especially as leaders, as qualified uh, individuals, like set set apart for the betterment of the church, you know, the universal church, then are we neglecting our duty to serve and to submit by utilizing our gifts and standing firm or rejecting and pushing back against um, maybe some methodologies or positions or applications that um, uh, are unbiblical?
2: Well, Jimmy, I hear you. And let me deconstruct a little bit. Let me say this. What I think, you know, I've planted a few churches and I have about 10, 12 sons in the ministry um, that call me, that would consider me their, their like their spiritual father. Mm-hmm. And each one of them I've tried to teach. Pre- preach to the people, not to the podcast. That's, a, that's what I've all ta- taught them all. Preach to the people, not to the podcast. So often... There's a there's a there's the the things that we don't engage in, that we should help rightfully and healthfully engage in. We're engaging in them in an unhelpful way because we're going for the the podcast and the platform mm. as opposed to dealing on the ground with the people God has given you to serve. Yeah. So, I, but but and so so that's one thing is who are we who are we actually shepherding? Are we shepherding the the the, the Twitter sphere or for me, now it's Richmond, Virginia. Second, we have to challenge what we said and what we've not said in the past leading up to this. And so what's happened is many pastors haven't, they either stay silent or they over talk is because I, I think we need to reevaluate what healthy engagement is in the public sphere and in the pastoral sphere at the local church. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we have a healthy balance or training on that. And I, I'm i praying for a conference that's gonna really engage that. When do we, how much time and post on Twitter and Facebook where you're challenging the culture, these ghosts and your people are starving to death at the house, or you're not addressing them. And so I say that to say, yes, I'm not worried about cancel culture. Let me tell you why. On this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. I've been called, and you can't cancel Christ, and Christ is in me, and Christ has called me. You can't cancel my calling either because I'm called by God, and hands have been laid on by the presbytery. As long as I walk in biblical qualification and according to God's word and in the gospel, I'm safe. However— what am I being canceled from? Am I being canceled from the platform? Am I being canceled from the p- the platform, the people out there? Or am I being canceled home? Some people are being canceled home, which causes me to ask, how have you discipled your people in hearing the word of God, mm. challenge, discipline, and confrontation? How have you done that? And mm. if you haven't done that, it's it's not just a product of canceling. It's a. It might be a product of, a, a a long stretch of unhealthy pastoral ministry,
0: hmm.
2: and so, but no, you. But to answer your question, raw, yes. And when stuff is when we're dealing with stuff, we speak up, but we have to speak up biblically, not not just laying down uh, an idea to be right. No, my preaching and pastoring is shepherding to my people to bring them up in health that they might grow in the knowledge that they might grow in grace in the knowledge of christ that i might bring them mature that men might lift holy hands and praise god not for my not just so i can be right and stand in right theology no man i'm trying to make these disciples so when i pastor and preach it comes rough our master was murdered for purpose for perfect righteousness how much more will we be challenged When we go against the grain with the word of God, right? Right. That's
1: good. And, you know, connected to that, Doug, I've been thinking for the last, I don't know, six, eight months, that so much of what we're told we have to be invested in, in, you know, societal issues. And this is what you've got to be consumed about. This is what you've got to be speaking out against. And why aren't you speaking out? And just that, that sort of the push from the outrage it hit me. I, I, I thought, you know, a lot of this, and to what you just said, this becomes a distraction for yes. what the people that God has entrusted to us really need. Like, most people in your church don't need you to go off on diatribes about everything wrong with society all the time and get embroiled yeah. in every controversy. They need to be taught how to be godly husbands and fathers and church members and Amen. faithful at work. And it's not that it doesn't matter, but... But at the end of the day, I actually think a lot of these issues become – they become an avenue by which people don't have to focus on their own need to grow in grace. They can just focus Amen. on what's out there and join in that sort of that – yeah, I mean, I really think it becomes a distraction.
2: I'll, I'll make a joke. I'll make a joke to end cap that. In the end cap of that, Jimmy, mm-hmm. I remember – my father was an old blues man. He just loved blues. low duck singing. And then Doug Sr. liked a little bit of R and B. Of course he wouldn't be bothered with rap at all. But I remember somebody asked him about disco. He said, What's that? <laughs> <laughs> he never even heard of it. So he couldn't get into a disco versus R and B debate because he lived straight through disco. He I mean, he was born in thirty three and he died in twenty eleven. So you like he he just never heard of it. And so often in our churches. People People can live a whole time and never hear about some of the stuff that we're arguing about with passion. Yeah,
0: yeah, in yeah, our church. Right. Yeah, for my sure. father never heard of disco. Yeah, but but there are things though. Like you're right. I think for the majority of it, there's things that, that they don't hear. But in in our culture today, we are hearing a lot about critical race theory. We are talking a lot about how do we interact with each other and, and what's appropriate, what's not, what's uh, uh, how to make amends, and and. Uh, who's still at fault, uh, or who should still be feeling guilt? Uh, like there, there are these questions that are being pushed out in society and being drawn into the church. I mean, recently, yeah, uh, you know, look at the DeYoung, Quan, and Thompson, um, uh, I guess you want to call it. Uh, correspondence I'll I'll use that word uh, to try to that's
2: a a better that's a better (laughs) word than a question
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know I mean gentlemen I mean what do you you know I mean your thoughts on on how we have three brothers interacting in such ways well hey um, Nick let me just get the foundation
2: for two seconds and then I want you to jump on that but Jimmy there's a difference between a presentation of a perceived boogeyman that we then mount up an army to go against if the boogeyman ain't there because i want to find the african-american pastor that i know and i know a bunch of them more than one uh, absolutely that we that's not even a topic of discussion nor have operated in it so i want to know where the crt boogeyman is operating in the churches that now there's a whole push against it so when you say yes these questions are coming up. They're not questions. They're presentations of a boogeyman. If there is actual evidence of that happening, we'll present it. Often it's not presented. It's an argument. And if you and if I say something and you label me as a Marxist and a CRT operator, that doesn't equal truth. That doesn't equal truth. So when we talk about talking about it, half the people you talk about who are saying it, um, I was watching a little YouTube about it, and most of the people on there just said, have you ever read a book about CRT? No. They don't even know what it is and they're saying it's, it's taking over the world. And so um, I say to that, I don't answer. I'm not gonna answer a bunch of questions. I mean, Jimmy, you that's like you accusing me of licking your forehead and saying, one of the biggest threats I have when Doug comes to my house is he licks my forehead. Well, I don't lick your forehead. Well, so not we're not gonna have yet. an argument about Not anymore. <laughs> this got real weird, real quick. <laughs>
0: Uh, but i understand what you're saying so so i think you know uh i i understand what you're saying uh so as you're kind of pushing you're 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 pushing back and saying this is not even a real issue within the church is is that is that that what i'm hearing
2: it's become that but it's it led out with an accusation not dealing with it if we deal in the church we had real problems in the church right like you know, we have a whole seminary that was birthed out of another seminary that, that, that started saying, um, had a low view of scripture, scripture had errors. And I could go back on multiple seminaries that have slipped into out of orthodoxy with actual things and movements and actions and edicts and confession changes, right? Mm-hmm. Those things we attack because we have foundational reality and evidence that we attack. But where's the evidence? Is it an accusation? Well, it, So if you accuse me and we get to arguing about it, I, I didn't do it. <laughs> so
1: so here's where I would weigh in. I, I, I think it's, you know, first of all, I mean, Jimmy was throwing out CRT just in a bunch of different somewhat related, you know, items. But um, where this is difficult is that everybody is not on the same page. People are kind of all over the map. So when Duke Kwan and Greg Thompson write a book on reparations, well, is reparations to some extent a part of critical race theory in so much as critical race theory is a coherent criminal justice reform theory and societal reform theory? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are scholarly articles that are going to incorporate reparations into critical theory, critical race theory. But, but to your point, Doug, I get your point, that we need to be careful not to just tag everybody in a, in a, in a non-careful way. But there is a real difference between Greg Thompson and Duke Kwan and Kevin DeYoung on their methodology, so Jason Holopoulos' tweet was really saying, "Look, I mean, I'm reading Duke and Greg's book right now, and it is clearly written from a sociological perspective. I mean, it is it is not there's and this was one of Kevin's critiques was like, where's the gospel? Where's the scripture? And and clearly they're saying, look, we're working from a Christian tradition to be fair to them, but it is a sociological methodology that's driving their book. Kevin's working from a totally different worldview. And and this is part of the problem is that, you know, Duke and Greg are working from a worldview that says pastors should be speaking into political issues, should be involved in societal reform. Kevin wrote the book on, you know, the mission of the church. So he's working from a totally different worldview. Does that make sense?
2: No, that that, that makes total sense. That makes total sense.
1: And And so even in their critiques of one another, Kevin is critiquing them from his particular worldview, which is probably somewhere between two kingdoms and spirituality doctrine of the church, broadly conceived. And and Duke and Greg are working much more from a cultural transformationalist perspective. And I just wonder how much, much, um, as we are sort of onlookers to this, how much we, we need to, I don't know. We need to go back and revisit worldviews before we even talk about issues and critique each other in resolutions. I don't know. I don't know the answer. Well, here's my that.
2: question. Here's my question to methodology. Why did Tevin DeYoung need to critique their book?
1: I mean, it's, it's I mean, a publication. I'll, I'll he can. It's a, it's a pub, they made it public. No, no. I, mean, I, they're, I know they're in, the, they're in the same denomination. Okay, okay.
2: No, I mean, we're all and, PCA no, I'm
0: guys, not saying so. Well, not me. No, but yes, I'm yes, not.
2: Pe- nor am I, Joe, Jimmy. So don't be looping me into the um, the Presbyterian circus of America. I'm d- not d- there. Just... Doug's, 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 Doug's
1: Twitter feed. Doug's Twitter feed says hashtag ex Presbyterian. <laughs> 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 it-
2: it <laughs> entirely, I... Hey, 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 hey kidding, Jimmy! I'm I, kidding, I got some of the I got some of the greatest Presbyterian friends since Presbyterian Church. Treated me like a king. I love them. That's my mm. that's that's one of my foundation homes. Paul Tripp talked me off of many a ledge. Mm. He's been my good elder brother for years. But no, I'm I'm bootleg Baptist now. I think I'm in a Southern Baptist church. <laughs> there you and go. So, um, I
0: I like to say I'm a a non-denominational. I'm not none of them. And, <laughs> oh. <laughs> none of them. <laughs> but okay, but Doug, you were talking. You were asking about you know Kevin. You know, uh, you know why the need to I guess critique or uh, review it
2: well well let's no I asked that question to lead into this I wonder if they talked. I wonder if they talked. I wonder if they had a conversation about it I wonder if they talked. Jimmy you know I know you I love you mm-hmm. Jimmy I probably wouldn't write something in reference in a sphere you were adding and then before I did do a critique because I'm sure if you wrote a book I'd critique it because I would say this is the guy that tried to kill me in, in <laughs> Chicago. But, um, <laughs> but, but I would call you and say, hey, Jim, man, love you, man. Doc, how's the wife? The kids love y'all. Man, I want to talk about this, this thing you wrote. I got some challenges with it, mm-hmm. and I want to boom, boom, boom. So I guess I would have a talk with you, and probably by the time I did do my critique, maybe um, I might be a little bit more charitable, not to say anything about Kevin DeYoung, Lack of charity. I'm just saying, we're talking methodology in general. Like, how come that doesn't happen? Mm-hmm. How come? Because, c- Jimmy, I'd call you if you wrote some, some, if you wrote a book that had some challenges for me, I would say, Jimmy, man, what's up, man? Fly mm-hmm. me in to sh- to to St. Charles. And, man, I want to hang, love, talk, because I'm having some challenges with this. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. I maybe Kevin DeYoung did that. And I don't know. Yes, but- I, don't,
1: I don't know. I don't know what Kevin did, but... I mean, no, nor do probably, I. So I'm not making. It probably is a. It probably is a good way forward to send a review to someone, and maybe Kevin did this. I mean, I didn't have a problem with Kevin's review. That's just where I am. But, um, you know, I think it's probably always good just to say, "Hey, heads up, I'm going to review your book. Love your thoughts about what I've written." I mean. That is a good way forward, right? But I, and what I love, though, yeah.
0: though what, what you know, uh, for using Doug's example, I mean, because of our relationship, there is that opportunity for that. Now, for others that don't have a relationship, uh, I think, like uh, uh, Nick just said there, to go ahead and, you know, send it forward and say, hey, heads up, here's what I'm looking at. I uh, would like to hear your thoughts and, and uh, before I post it. Um, because I think you guys, uh, I, you guys had mentioned this earlier and i and i i think we're hearing this throughout the theme is our posture how we go about this methodology right how we go about interacting with others that we disagree with how do we go about interacting with others brothers and sisters uh, that have different viewpoints or, or or maybe even different methodologies and how do you interact in in a in a, in a you guys use the word charitable but this posture of brotherly love Um, because I think we miss that. Oftentimes what we see online is people read something and it's a hot topic or a hot moment, even podcasts do this, right? And it's, it's out there. So then you, you try to get content out fast as possible because right now is when people are reading it or right now people are listening or right now people are downloading and so you try to throw content out there without first then going to the individual, uh, to maybe try to interact first.
2: You mean be Christian, Jimmy?
0: Yeah, that's a, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We missed that part of it, right? Yeah, yeah going yeah. to if we know we have somewhat against our brother. We have a concern going to them uh, first. Yeah, yeah, and that's and again, I want to be clear. Um, I don't know
2: Kevin DeYoung Maybe did that. I'm not sure. I don't. And that's right, no critique right. of that. But I'm talking in particular over these past two or three years. There's been turbulent conversations, and as we talk about methodology. Remember, a lot of the fights are what we talked about early on in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the broadcast we're doing is like, so your application equals the way. And even if I'm not in sin here, but I disagree with your application, then you're saying I'm wrong and we've moved out of, uh, lack of a better term, a critical analysis into um, a rebuke. And a and a wrong calling of something that we just disagree on that's not even doctrinally wrong. Mm. And that's when we get we start arguing about stuff that's not even sin.
1: <laughs> right. And I, I think, you know, for the last couple of years, so taking this conversation away from, you know, Kevin's critique of Duke and Greg's yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. But but just in general and, and all these categories we talk about. It hit me years ago that you you know you have logos, ethos, and pathos. Right, logos is truth, what you believe, words you speak. Ethos is the demeanor with which you speak it, um, and 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 the culture you're trying to shape in the conversation, or even in a debate. And then the pathos is the fervor with, with which you're, you're saying these things. And I sometimes think in a lot of our debates, there are real substantial logos differences, right? Mm-hmm. Some guys are coming at it from a sociological perspective, and they're not biblical enough. Some guys are coming at it straight from Scripture. Some guys are coming at it from their application of Scripture, like we've talked about. But, but you know, you've got the debate and the logos, but the ethos and the pathos is what determines what takes this from like a four to a ten, does that make sense?
2: It no mm. no it absolutely does. And and I think Jimmy and Joe are a good example. They brought in Southern Baptist Presbyterians. Yes. I mean, yes. they've worked with so many different people and their church is a model of the, the first first and foremost is a great church. Second, it's a model of a good balance of podcast and people because we have doctrine of devotion, which we're trying to engage, you know, um, culturally engage, but them boys are some on-the-ground St. Charles pastors, too. That's first thing. And second thing, at Doctrine and Devotion, the diversity, and I'm using diversity in the broadest sense, like denomination, socioeconomic background at Doctrine and Devotion, has been pretty good, has been awesome, yes. and we partied together fine. So all I'm screaming is maybe the element in our methodology is what Jimmy was alluding to. Maybe it's lack of posture because – I don't agree with everything Joe and Jimmy and I don't agree with everything Nick, but I tell you what, these brothers love me, I love them, mm-hmm. and we got cell phones and we like to talk and figure stuff out, work stuff out, and we're good. And so when we're arguing over each other, because of that lack of relationship, I think we got to do better to work that posture, man, and shoot a DM and say, hey, man, don't know you, can I holler? And... Um, and Stuff like that. And I think we'll get better. But that doesn't move us out of, you know, the addressing of things. So please don't hear me right, saying, right, let right, right, No, no, no. no, no I you, hear you, hear I
1: saying, you hear me saying,
2: Yeah, hear me saying, I just, I, I have good friends I disagree with. And you know what they still are? Good friends. Mm, and I love them, brothers. Right. Trust them, right. brothers. And I'm not getting into no, and, 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 and I'm a loud, passionate dude that can be a jerk. And so, man, people give me a lot of grace, and I, I'm just so happy. The people that God has thrown around me, I mean, I don't work through multiple contexts. You know, I'm a, I'm a weirdo, you know, from Baptist to Presbyterian, from the hood, bootleg suburbs, Sinners, I mean actually, not' nine. People, I, I've been in. Listen, I am not sunny side up. I am scrambled eggs. And you're you're an ecumenical
1: and, party, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: and 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 I've said some stuff. And I and I and so I'm praying for the body of Christ, man. Particularly in America, man. We just mm. learn how to interact better because after you play with some of these debates they're not even, <laughs> we're not even disagreeing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was that the sign that we gotta go, J- J- Jimmy?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. that's the background music that we're leading into the, uh, we're, we're about to land the plane here, Doug. Uh, but I wanna give you guys uh, just a quick uh, 30 seconds if you want to, can you share maybe, um, uh, for those that don't know Doug, maybe where they could find you online on Instagram or Twitter?
2: Yes, man. Um, well, man, Doug Logan, great fan of doctrine and devotion in um, Redeemer Church there in St. Charles. But I am the president of Grimke Seminary. You can find that on grimkeyseminary.org. I am also the associate director. Um, where I have the, the the blessed gift of serving um, 600 plus churches throughout the globe and planting gospel centered healthy churches. Hmm. You can find me on Acts 29. Dot com and i'm also the pastor for church planning at remnant church in richmond virginia so i'm easy to spot hit me up love to love on you pray with you and
0: tell you more about those three things awesome now nick we everyone now we we need to give a big thank you to nick our st- our, our guest co-host for the week thank you so much uh, for filling in this week while joe is away uh, or still you know recovering Uh, I really, really appreciate it, man. It's been a joy and pleasure to be able to uh, do these podcasts with you, man. So for those that don't know, where can they find you online, Nick?
1: Yeah, thanks. It's been great being on. Thanks for thinking to me. Um, I'm on Twitter at Nick underscore Batzig. I blog at my own blog. It's called Feeding on Christ, feedingonchrist.com. You can find sermons and all the stuff I've written over there. So thanks again.
0: Awesome. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Diva, or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, doctrineanddevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast. Or you can hit the store, joefostore.com, and grab some gear. We got that fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. We got blog posts and video content over at the website. We got that all-access exclusive content. You got your banter of truth on Tuesdays and your weekday wisdom Monday through Friday. Head on over to doctrineanddevotion.com slash all-access to register today. Later.